in New York. We're breaking down the Yankees in the 212 or the 917 or the 718 area codes. It's time for dingers. This is dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah, dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Diggers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Asher Wojciechowski that wins the championships. That's why week in and week out, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs joined again by Robbie Baseball from the basement with his case of Waterloo Dark. I got a I got a case to my right. I got a case to my left. I got empties in the corner. Um, I got, I got beers outside the window. It's plus six right now here, Ty, which in American is, um, I don't know, 50 something. So it's warm. It's warm here for us. And tomorrow night, I'm sure it's the same for you. Cause we're not too far away from each other. It's going to be minus nine Celsius and that's going to be cold. So I got to make sure I drink all the beers that I've got outside. Got to get the salt on the driveway too. <laughs> Well, I've I've got a gravel driveway, and I just took my plow off um, because I needed to go driving today. I told you my my tale of my wife making an agreement to go pick up this really cool secretary's desk with all this like beautiful you know mortars and tenon joinery and all these fun little things on it. You know, I'm an amateur woodworker, so this is like drool worthy stuff. And I I had no idea how much this deal was. I was just going to do her a favor to pick this up. Drove half an hour out of my way get there there's two old farts getting into a truck that says you know blah 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 taxidermy on the side and some other dude had just driven away in a uh toyota camry from this townhouse and my wife calls and says don't go they just decided instead of selling it for 125 bucks which she had agreed to them with that the guy who was selling it for his friend had bad news they were going to try to sell it for 600 and so i walked out and i said hey 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 and like you know yelled at one of the old old farts and said What's the deal here? I just drove 30 minutes based on a, a confirmed deal for the secretary's desk. And now my wife tells me that it's made of gold. And the one guy couldn't hear what I was saying because he was that old. So I talked to the other old fart and I said, what's the deal? Is this your stuff? You're selling this? And he said, yeah, my friend uh, didn't know the prices. And I said, well, why is he posting it? Why is he having conversations? And why am I here right now? Killing an hour of my Sunday. So I'm fired up. Ty is what I'm getting at. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll I'll help you. How about you? <laughs> drink your sorrows away, Robbie. Yeah, I gotta uh, get a beer. <laughs> let's do it. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk, and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon. Because good advice only comes in a bottle. I think that sounded okay. Nope. Nope. Sometimes I'm not even sure if you're like has a seal. 
I just don't, I don't know. Like, just neither am I. It's, I've had this for a while. It, it is a small batch craft brewed product, but I bought a lot of it a long time ago and it was old when I bought it. Um, but that's okay. That, that's kind of like the Yankees, you know, that, that suits who we're talking about tonight. So let's dive in because we are doing our best to get through 29 teams in an efficient format for everybody to get their information. This is what you need to reasonably expect. We see projections, we see hype trains, we see everything going on, Ty. Um, and we, we talk about the best and the worst of these teams. So the, the most interesting to us is the position battle that we can see happening at the hat corner here. Uh, everybody seems to be in favor of Mr. Urshela. Ty, count, wait. Point, counterpoint, third base battle, go. Yeah, and I, I don't know that it's necessarily a battle per se. I just think it's one that I think everybody's already crowned Gio Acharya the starting third baseman. Like, Keep in mind that this guy was supposed to be good, wasn't on several teams, and then all of a sudden discovered 30 home run pop. Like, There is no guarantee that this guy is going to produce ever again, right? Because he wasn't amazing last season right like very very reasonable bench production to be 100 honest so when you get a guy like miguel andahar who has a in all likelihood the better bat i mean he's gonna have to play really good defense to hold on to that job and so you know i i think the assumption is that urshela should take it now he hit 298 last season six bombs plays great defense so he he certainly has the edge. There's zero question about that. Like strikeout to walk was also pretty good. Ty, I was yeah. happy with that. So there's there's lots to like about Urshela if we see the continuation of what we've seen the last season and a half, right? So if you count 2020 as a full season, right? And he is I, he is 29, playing most of this year at 29. Yep. So my my concern simply comes down to the power production, and maybe the Yankees don't care because they have it at every other nook and cranny in the roster. So I, I don't know that it's one that I would tag as a battle. Um, you know, this is the guy that that had some prospect shine once upon a time, right? This is a, like you said, a 29 year old that, that has bounced around between Cleveland and Toronto and now in New York. And I, I don't know that the 30 home run pop that I think people in the back of their head have for him is realistic. And so for me, I, I just see him has a, as a utility infielder. Like I don't, I don't see him as a starting third baseman. Uh, and it's, it's just that simple. Like I think as a utility guy, like a Tommy Edmond bouncing around a couple of positions on the infield. I really liked you with Cheryl. I really do like to fill a bench role, like super, super valuable. I don't love him as a starter at a predominantly power position. And that's my big concern is that I just think if you're, if you're looking at him in dynasty, I, I'm scared of him because I think there's better options at the position. So when you look at the, this team itself, like again, Miguel Underhar has 40 home run pop, right? Whether he's going to do that consistently or ever is a totally different conversation um, than what we're having. So I just think it's one that people just need to, to turn their attention back to it. The other thing I like about Rochella is, or uh, sorry, about uh, Anahar is that I think they want to get him ready to play the outfield a little bit too. So there could be some added value to him as well. And, and I mean that we, we talked about this before we're going to get into the lineup in just a moment, 
it it is so right-handed heavy for the yeah. estimated starters uh, or the guys who should get the the lion's share of at bats that you just know it's not going to go down the way it appears to be. So if you if you look on uh, I don't know if MLB.com will have a depth chart for the guys, but if you're checking the box scores in spring training, you're just you're gonna you know you're going to be losing your mind because none of it makes sense. But if you look on like fan graphs, it's not an accurate representation of what's going to happen against a right-handed bat because it's all right-handed hitters. And Aaron Hicks is a switch hitter that's in that lineup. Um, just to touch on your point, Ty, both Anduar and Urshela are very similar, reasonable expectation guys. They should both hit around 300, which means if they were both up with the big league club, they could work off of each other and compete against each other to get the production. So whoever's, you know, having the good week or the good series or whatever, you know, gets the nod for the next one and may continue. But, um, you know, we had a major injury to Andahar and he came up in 18 and crushed it. And then when New York was riddled with injuries in 19, Urshela came up and rocked it. And then Urshela yeah. just stabilized last year. So it doesn't mean Andahar coming back from injury now should be a regular full season, no wonky spring training, no rehab schedule, just baseball. Doesn't mean he can't reestablish himself. You know, he he had a great season. And even with his limited experience, he still has a decent career line, 283, very, very early on in that career for a 26-year-old. So um, one well, through nine. Yep. Let, let me just throw one real quick scenario at you to finish off this Andahar conversation. Like, just from a roster construction standpoint, like if you if you don't have Urshel as your starting third baseman, it gives you a lot of flexibility, right? And if you move Andahar into that spot, he has less position flexibility, right? So if you if you lock Urshel in as your starting third baseman, you end up with a guy like Tyler Wade filling the gaps at second, um, and in maybe shortstop, um, but in all likelihood third, and Urshel would slide to shortstop. Right. So from a roster construction standpoint, yes, Wade is a lefty, but I, for my money, give me Gardner or Talkman off of the bench as opposed to Tyler Wade. So my thoughts in this conversation become Anahar a third and then Urshel is your floating guy. He can he can spell off all three guys, second, short and third and DH if you ever wanted to, but you're not going to with this lineup. Uh, and, and you get Tyler Wade into triple a or quad a where he belongs. Um, and so that's, that's kind of the scenario that I think will play out. Assuming we see some reasonable production out of Andahar in the spring. And if not, then the Yankees might take a PR move. Like we've talked about in pre previous episodes where they say to Tyler Wade, listen, you've tried really hard. Here's your shot. Um, knowing full well that Andahar will probably be back up. And that means Wade either moves to the taxi squad or back down into triple a. So, you know, that's the way I see it playing out. But I I think having Urshela moving around is a is a valuable piece for the Yankees. And even late in camp tie, you know, um Talkman was a pickup in March of 19 for the Yankees going into their season. I'm sure it was after uh let's let's say let's say Aaron Hicks could have been hurt then. Let's say Stanton could have been hurt, Judge could have been hurt. It doesn't matter. Someone was hurt and they were like, let's just pick up some depth. And then Mike Talkman comes in and starts, you know as a lefty bat stealing at bats from other guys. So the estimated, uh, you know, tie one through nine, um, we think, you know, bulk of the bats guys is going to be DJ leading off, which is beautiful. 
Uh, Aaron Hicks is the switch hitter, the only potential lefty in that lineup in this scenario. Then you've got Luke Voigt at led MLB in dingers last year. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton leads fantasy owners in frustrated draft picks. Uh, Aaron Judge, power for days, same injury concerns as Stanton, three years younger. Glaber, power for days. And Ty, touch on him right when we're done here. It's Glaber in the six. Seven, Clint Frazier. Eight is going to be Urshela Anduar, one of the two. We need the production. We need to know for sure. And then nine is going to be Gary Franchise Sanchez, uh, you know, making his bank this year and needing to outperform Kyle Higashaoka. Higashaoka? Is that am I saying that right? The Higa, Higa, no, it's uh, Higashioka. Higa, Higa not like going to be here very long. Just kidding. It would be <laughs> Sanchez. It wouldn't be there very long. But so, Ty, can you just touch on Glaber a bit? Because we had a conversation before we started recording that I found to be very interesting for dynasty owners who might think of him as a guy on the way out. Yeah. I mean, Glaber is a guy who hit 38 home runs in 2019, right? Like this is, and he's 24, right? He, he is a guy that has yet to have a full season playing a single position, right? He's been bounced around in yo-yo and all these things. So there's a lot to consider with Glaber. The other part of it is after the spring break last year, before summer camp, Torres find him, found himself in a spot where he didn't have a consistent gym or facility to work out in. And, you know, I mean, what 23 year old has a, just a gym that when the whole world's closed, you just own the facility. Not very many. Right. right? He, so he might be, he might have, sorry, Ty, he might have like a season or a season and change of making $500,000, but that's yeah. not what ends up happening with the guys who sign the big contracts, who are the guys who invite other people to their complex to go and work out. So Glaber okay. wasn't in that. Um, position last year, which I think is a well, dynamite point. Not to mention that there's the possibility that people didn't want to go out of their bubbles, right? Like, you know, we, right. we just assume these athletes are like immune to these the scenarios, but they're allowed to be concerned about their family and other things around them as well. And, you know, the, the outcome ended up being him coming into the summer camp way out of shape to play at the professional level. Still probably in the top 1% of in-shape people on the planet, but um, at to play a professional sport, you it's a different expectation. He struggled mightily the beginning of last season and showed signs of of a strong finish after a bout with a hamstring issue. So, considering all those things, like Glaber is not a guy to forget. He's a guy to buy low on, right? So, I think this lineup gives him ample opportunity. I actually think he could end up hitting two in this lineup, and I think that's a very realistic play. I, you like Aaron Hicks. I'm lukewarm on Aaron Hicks. Well, um, I, if I'm picking a second guy in the lineup, though, Ty, I'm picking Judge because I love the idea of smacking power and then mm -hmm. taking a break on the Stanton, Voight, Judge, instead of breaking up that trio by giving him the extra about it too and then throwing a Hicks. You know, this is where Didi, again, Didi would have been beautiful back with the Yankees, but throwing a lefty in and um, I'll just very quickly say the bench for the Yankees will need to be left-handed hitters based on this entire lineup being righties. So it's going to be really, really hard to give a lot of at bats. If you have righties coming up over and over and over again against New York um, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be tougher for them and lefty specialists and whatever. It's just not a factor when you play the Yankees. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting thing, um, with Judge that I will throw a wrench into your plan. 
I think you're going to see him further back in the lineup. And I think the Yankee, if they're not considering this, if you're listening, um, should consider this, is that <laughs> the less at bats, well, well, it will reduce the wear and tear, right? So for me, that's why Voight is three, because I want Stanton and Judge having less at bats during 162 games. I just want that. They're going to provide enough value in, you know, 500 at bats. I don't need them to give me 650. I just, we don't need that in this lineup for them to I be agree successful. With that. So, yeah. like, that's why I think this is the right way to build this lineup, whether they do it or not. I, I can very, very easily see Judge in the two hole. I'm not, I won't disagree with that at all. Uh, but I think this is what would be best for this organization to put these two guys four and five. And, that's that's kind of the way I think this is built. And and then you get down into Clint Frazier, who I think is a breakout candidate this year. Yeah, given five hundred plus about the first year he's gonna yep. get five hundred plus at bat so right. And I think that's that's the thing that as a fantasy owner you're looking for. You're looking for the guys that have slid below and you can get later in a draft than where they should be given production over that level of at bats. So you know, Frazier falls into that category. He's probably hyped a little bit because of the fifth overall status. People are still high on him. If if you got an owner that's held him, he's going to die on that hill, right? That's a fact. But if you have somebody that just got him, you might you might be able to go get him. Um, play with that one. But uh, regardless, lineup is a monster. And then one of my favorite bounce back candidates is Gary Sanchez. Like I I just think thirty home runs is given here, and whether he hits 230 or 255 out of the catcher position, I don't care, right? I just don't. You give me 30 bombs out of the catcher position, I will buy that all day, every day. And I don't care if he strikes out 180 times. I just don't care because there's not enough value. Like, if we're talking categories, like, as long as I'm not losing points for strikeouts, I'm owning Gary Sanchez everywhere. I feel like, Ty, in one of our very first episodes, way back when, under the sport travel radio banner before we were broken out on under our own dingers podcast, um, you know, search engine for podcasts that we were saying the same thing. Then when you get into catchers, stop looking at the overall take counting stats. So if it's points league power are going to be points per game uppers. So don't look for any type of a catcher that's, you know, contact guy, look for a power guy. So Sanchez is a huge bat in that realm. And I agree on the point that if that's what you're going for, which would be, you know, 60 runs, maybe the peak would be 80 RBIs, depending on where he's in the lineup and then 30 bombs. That's huge. Like you punt average, right? You, you are out of there on average. You go find streamers to be a utility guy to do something for you to counter whatever, you know, dip you may see if it's a 210 average that's tough, but you got to sort it out because you need to get some production in catcher as much as we hate it, it's required in order to win. And if you're a psycho in a two catcher league, it's even more important to make that decision on what am I going to do? And am I and I going to try to waiver wire it because that's tough. You know, you're already listening to us, so you're you're going to be okay in that. But if you want to just anchor one of those two, this is a good guy to do it. I agree. I, I agree. As much as I don't like Gary Sanchez because of what he did not become, 
I'm not going to get rid of him because of what I reasonably expect from a fantasy catcher. Yeah. So, like, like he is the only catcher that has 40 bomb upside. The only one. And is he going to get there? Probably not, but we can dream and we can hope and we can assume 30. And, and you can't draft in fantasy thinking everyone's going to underperform. You right. have to think what's going to happen in, in worst case scenario, what's going to happen if they just go out and play to what you would expect and need for a, for a win in your league. And then if you get into, you know, the more you go through projections and the more you put into projections, you can either scare yourself away from him or which could also lead to you finding out some, someone new, someone that you would prefer and that's fine. But if you're just looking straight counting stats, it's, it's going to be hard to find 10 guys that are going to beat Gary Sanchez. Yeah, no. And I, and I completely agree with you on that one. I, I just, I don't understand why people are, are giving up on it for a position that traditionally sucks, right? We I talk think about it's it. because of the fall. It's the fall from grace. He was supposed to be the best one. Now that he's not, it's get him out of there. You know, I'm done yeah. with him as a fantasy owner. I think that's well, the mentality. A catcher that is currently going after both Yasmani Grindal and Travis Darno at one fifty three ADP on average. Gosh, so that's, that's so high. Is that is that uh, NFBC you're looking at? Yeah, that's combined. That's the, uh, the fantasy oh fantasy pros. pros. Okay, yeah. So fantasy pros uses all the big uh, big sites. I don't know if they do Fantrax. Does it say it? But they Fantrax is one seventy six. So okay. so tilting backwards in the dynasty format. Um, would be a safe way to kind of look at Gary Sanchez. So again, if you're listening to us, like you know, we don't give a crap about trends. Um, this is we're just telling you that this is one that's a soft spot. All of the guys above him could theoretically provide less value. So that's all Absolutely. we're trying to say. And we got a broken thumb on Real Mewtwo already. We're gonna have to see how that heals, how that plays. Yep. If he's sell, gonna push sell, it, sell, if, sell, sell, sell. yeah. If the Phillies are gonna push it now, let's get to. Possibly the riskiest rotation in in Major League Baseball forever. Uh, <laughs> well, th- I mean, they do have one of the best pitchers in baseball, and then four amazing question marks. So Garrett Cole leading it off, thirty uh, year old righty ace. Then you got Corey Kluber, thirty five year old righty. Jordan Montgomery might split that up in the middle. Twenty eight year old who who was okay last year. Nothing to write home about. Uh, Jamison Tyon, we want the best for uh, Tyon, 29-year-old righty. And then they've got uh, Domingo Herman, who's coming back from a suspension and will, I believe, be playing baseball this year. He hasn't announced his retirement for a second time. So let's just assume well, as he, spring. Yeah. He announced his um, his uh, regret about the situation. <laughs> I that's state what he, that's my regret. He did the Dwight Smith. I state my regret. So, and then an SP six or later in the year, like we need to know what's up. Luis Severino folks. He, he is still only 27. It's funny how the Yankees have these like polarizing guys, right? Like they've got Stanton judge Voight, uh Hicks is, you know, depending on your level of devotion, uh, Gary Sanchez. And then, then you go down a little more, you know, Domingo Herman's missed time. Jordan Montgomery's missed time. Luis Severino, like, supposed anchors for even dynasty owners and they have not been able to be anchors in a positive way um <laughs> they have well, they have dragged you down at times and stopped you from winning but what do you think about this rotation one through let's say six let's just include severino when he arrives so one through six what do you like well the thing is like you you have a world series or bust roster right and then you pair it with like the most unstable starting rotation 
you could possibly conjure up. I, I just don't understand why they would build it this way when there were soft or safer options available. It's like right? they're I, only missing returning James Paxson and they're missing Shoemaker. And then that would have been like total, <laughs> yeah, total right. rotation risk right yeah. there. Sorry, Ty, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, I mean, I just don't understand what, what their theory is. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Kluber. I'm, I have and always will be one of a Kluber's biggest fans. And you were talking um, him up last year, right? Yep. You said, don't, you know, don't sleep on it. Yeah. And, and I feel the same way this year. Um, I'm going to taper my expectations just a little so that a people don't get excited about them and I can take them from, Take him from them later. Um, hey, hey, you can't do that on you. <laughs> <laughs> but but also be like it, it's it's just I don't know. It just he's get that extra year older, and we're two seasons removed from like real production. So uh, at the same time, he's still got the best slider in baseball if he's going right. So the reports are that his velo's back. Uh, I think he threw ninety three uh, in his in the side sessions. So probably gets to 94, 95 by the time when we get to opening day here. But this team does have some depth behind it. Uh, Michael King, who I know is one of your offseason um, guys, got torched today in the in a Spring rough Spring training, bro. He's up. Huh? Well, He's I, up. And I said it to you after I watched the game. And, you know, fastball good, a little wild. That'll get, you know, first game in the spring. I'm not worried about wild pitching. Um, Changeup was pretty solid. I'm concerned about the third pitch. That's the thing that has me concerned with Michael King. I think uh, he's a two. What do you? What would you call it? Two plus pitcher guy. He's not a three pitch guy. So he he has three available, but um, third pitch might be five percent of the time. So well, he, he, he got has away absolute bullpen risk. He got away with a couple cement mixers today. That given a little bit more uh, action against some of these major leaguers, go bye bye. Uh, and so I think that's interesting. So Debbie Garcia is obviously next in line and probably in line, right? Not right. Like he, expect, he, he probably expect 20 starts spot. from Debbie. Yeah. He, he might win a spot out of camp. Like, I don't think whether it's a six man rotation or, uh, winning one of the five spots, like I, I kind of expect to see him in that rotation. He was phenomenal last year in the games that I watched him pitch. He's just fun to watch stuff. Great. Lots of like there. They they might opt to keep him guarded this season and just say, hey, go throw a couple games in the minors to get your innings up. And he's going to uh, play this year at 22. So this is not someone you need to push. Yeah, Clark Schmidt's another guy that you should pay attention to as well. As yep, a guy scooped up some, everywhere this offseason. Yep. He could get some extra innings. And then you've got the the depth fodder, uh, Julio Yashin, or Julio Shasin. Shasin. Wow. Yeah. I, thank you for struggling with one. Thank you. Yeah. That, that I mean, that was better. a tough one. It's got JH. Like those numbers don't just roll off the tongue. Um, <laughs> but then uh, followed by a mouthful of Asher Wojciechowski, who did yeah. look pretty sharp <laughs> today. Right. Who did, he looked really sharp today. Uh, and I think he could find himself in that long relief role out of camp based on that today. Like sharp. I don't know that he's going to have a shot at a rotation piece on this team, but I, I think very good uh, out of the the middle ro- middle relief role, I think could be a great spot for Asher. And he's at the point where he just would take a job. Yeah. Right. He'll throw him in the bullpen. He's good. The only other, well, for me, the only other guy I wanted to make mention of was uh, Louis Gill, who has been a cusp type dude for 
a bit. We obviously needed him to be able to pitch last year, pitch last year where we could record and see what was going on. But he'll be 23 this year. He came over in a trade in 18 with Minnesota. Uh, the, yeah, like it's there. You know, the, the Yankees are poised to yeah. take the division in my mind based on depth. And if they don't need to dip into that depth, oh man, they're going to win. They're going to be triple digit gain. Like, you know, if that rotation is what, if four of the five starters work out, good Lord, you know, cause yeah, they've they're, got they're tie good. on and tie on was throwing fastballs last July. So I think he had a regular off season. Uh, thank goodness. Like I just want some health for him. You know, yeah. uh, we, nobody wants to see anybody get hurt, but we certainly, when they do get hurt, we want to see them come back and recover. So you want good things from Kluber. You know, you're pulling for Kluber, pulling for Tyon. Montgomery was back last year. The numbers just weren't great. He was fine. Uh, and then Domingo Herman, we need to know, right? Yeah. So, well, and the, bu- yeah. the bullpen's kind of boring, but you know. Yeah, it's, it. it's just really good. Uh, I don't know that it's boring. Well, that's why it's boring because there isn't a whole lot. Johnny, outside of Johnny Lasagna as a five out type guy, we kind of know what's going on. We talked yeah. about it in the AL. Well, I thought the preview. Aaron Boone said something really interesting on the broadcast today. Uh, they had uh, Bearclaw out there. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Kyle Bearclaw. And, and he had he had said something that they felt like he was on the cusp of becoming elite, which I thought was wow. an interesting note. And so that that could be really interesting. When you look at a guy like Luis Sisa, who's just a guy, Albert Abreu, just a guy. So if you can now say Bearclaw, who had some saves, I believe, in Miami. In Miami, yeah. Yeah, so that could be a guy that could find himself with some important innings on this team. He did look pretty okay today. Now, I wouldn't say elite. I'm not going to throw that tag on him yet. But I, I definitely serviceable. And, you know, if Aaron Boone's throwing a lead around, they obviously see something as well. So I, that's another guy if you want somebody to pocket, given an injury to somebody like a Chad Green, really the only right-handed power arm they have. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because they had a bunch of power arms a couple years back, right-handed, and now they have one. So very interesting revolution in that bullpen, but obviously still strong. So anybody that is in this system that you think you could see this year that we haven't talked about already? There will be some of the weird dudes that pop up that get you know some cups of coffee that I'm not too sure of. We've got... Uh, non-roster invites like Derek Dietrich, um, Mike Ford is is in the organization as well, but Jay, they, Jay Bruce is in there. Yeah, that's right, Bruce too. My goodness, um, there was what is it like, or Ormus Garcia? There was a guy who I'm I'm just not finding right now. I, I perhaps I accidentally deleted him. Somebody we talked about in the offseason who's got lots of power. Um, I don't think he had left the organization, but I'm not seeing him now on our on our depth chart, but that's okay. That was pretty much the only guy there's, there are guys further back like Oswald Peraza. um, But that's not a guy you want to see this year. You know, he's only 20, 20. He'll play the most of this year at 21. Estevan Florial, maybe, Um, (laughs) you know, it's not something I'm, I'm really pulling for right now. Uh, Greg Allen is, is depth fodder for them. Uh, It's there, but it's, it's not overly exciting. Um, you know, I, I mean, you know, that team based out of New York is globally known 
which does make me want to bring up a quick point about our listeners in the Netherlands. Uh, we want you back. We have started to take a dip outside of the top 10 in fantasy sports in the Netherlands. Um, we were inside the top 10 for quite a while and we have dipped outside. Please, please come back to us if, if you will as well. Great Britain. Um, we want back in that, that top 100 list. Uh, I don't know if it's the Roto Brits guys who are listening to us or whatever. It goes in weird waves and we can see this when we check it out. Um, but I, I want you to listen and I hope you are enjoying these. And if, if it's, you know, you're big fans of the Marlins or the Phillies as a couple of the Roto Brits dudes are, uh, we're going to cover them, you know, and, and we are, we're up for objections. I mean, I don't know if we're going to have a guest come on, but if you want to hit us up at Twitter at dingers pod, uh, Ty at tourney boss, myself at Robbie baseball one, we'll have the conversation. Uh, we are open to it because the Yankees are fun to talk about, but they're also in the ALE. So we, we auto hate them. So if you're, you know, if you're a Red Sox fan and you might want to talk about them, if you're Alex fast and you want to talk Orioles, um, if you're Yancey Eaton and you want to talk Rays, uh, we are available to have you come on for a guest spot to break down that team. And you can try to tell us why it's okay. And then if, if you're Yancey and you want to just complain about Blake Snell, um, okay, we'll give you a minute. <laughs> But well, I think that's we, it for the Yanks. Am I missing anybody here, Ty? No, but we do need to find like a base layer of sound for like a rant. Like you get one minute, the length of the rant <laughs> song, and that's it. That's all you get. So maybe okay. we can debut that with a Yancey appearance at some point. But That would um, be fun. That would be fun. I agree. As long as he doesn't bring back the Lysol on this appearance. But the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, is that the Yankees suck. Uh, I have to fit at least one of those in. <laughs> they are uh, stacked. <laughs> But man, do they suck. I would want to own a lot of these guys, but the Yankees collectively suck. That's yes, right. Exactly. So we would be doing our part as Jays fans to not slide that in there. Uh, but I think that's a great spot to leave it. We do want to hear from you guys, like Rob said. So hit it up. We got a lot of these that we're going to cover. We're going to have a lot of opinions that you should agree with and you might not. Uh, but we want to hear that. So until next time, it's been Rob and Tyler on Dingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.